0: Tim Weisberg, along with Stephanie Burke, silent assassin Matt Costa, and science advisor Matt Moniz, and we are here to talk with you about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. Broadcasting live on WBSM as well as on Spooky TV at SpookySouthcoast.com and rebroadcast on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Pretty awesome. To uh, have the spooky TV cameras running tonight because we're going to be talking about a topic that's going to have us turning red quite a bit and so. making goofy faces like we were, you know, 15-year-olds on prom night or something. I always say that, and like people are like, "15-year-olds don't go to the prom like they did in my school." And came home pregnant. But the, oh my uh, god! <laughs> but we're going to be talking about. Let's just lay it out there. We'll be talking about ghost sex tonight.
1: It's a different topic.
0: We'll be joined uh, in the next hour by G.L. Davies. He is an author and a researcher who has been following along with uh, one particular case, but also with a number of other cases. Uh, He has a website called the Paranormal Chronicles. And uh, this one very intense case in which a woman was, uh, we'll say, harassed by a ghost um, for, for quite a long time. And, uh, and still, to this day, it endures. Hmm. So uh, we'll find out more about that coming up in the next hour. We just have a few moments in this hour uh, before we'll take a break for the news. But I want to thank everybody that came out last night for an evening of ghost stories and New England legends. We had the world premiere of the show last night at the Blackstone River Theater, sold-out theater. Terrifying when you step onto that stage for the first time and look out at all those people but then pretty exhilarating when they actually were responsive and, and they liked what it was that we were doing. Moniz, you were in the audience. I mean, how was the show from from an audience perspective? Uh,
2: from what I saw, it was phenomenal. I, I had fun watching everybody's reactions to it, and you guys really hit it out of the park as far as I'm concerned.
0: But we tried to have a pretty good balance of stories that were creepy and chilling, and then you know, there were some laughs in there. There was even some unintentional laughs in there. Uh, you know the, the. I don't want to give away a lot of the show because we're hoping to bring it back uh, to some other venues, <coughs> Zaiterean, if you're listening. But uh, the. <laughs> I did that all morning. I don't know did if you're listening yet. That's awesome. But uh, we do want to bring it to some other other locations, some mm-hmm. other theaters, and so I don't want to give away all the surprises. But you know. I think for the most part, everything worked. I mean, if you asked me to break it down and say, what should we get rid of before we do it again, I, I don't think we should actually cut anything out. I think it all worked.
2: No, I think you did fine. I think the combination of the way you timed your stories and the way they interlaced um, Frank's pictures behind you, it was good. I mean, sound work could have been a little bit better, but I mean... Th- well, there's, there
0: was no sound. <laughs> there was no sound system in, in the theater, so we were kind of just working with what we had uh the and then that was just jeff's little speaker providing the sound effects but the uh the the good thing about it is it was such a collaborative effort and like there was no ego involved whatsoever that we were able to continue critiquing and, and making changes even as we were sitting on the side stage about to go out like i could say to frank hey you know what when I first start talking about Lizzie Borden's, instead of bringing up the photo when I walk out there, wait till I say here, and then it'll have more dramatic effect. it's like, yeah, good idea. You know, so like we were able to keep doing that throughout the course of all the rehearsals. Stephanie, you had the opportunity to be at that last rehearsal yes, before I did. we performed the show, and, and, uh, and, and I know that you were, you know, same, same conversation that we had, you know, you didn't really know what to expect. Right, and uh, and and hopefully we delivered on people's expectations.
1: I think you did. I mean, I was a, a, the tough critic of the night because it was your last rehearsal. Everybody was nervous, excited, and I was the one outside person that had finally seen what you guys had been working on for what felt like forever. Um, but
0: really, just a couple of months. I know
1: it was it was quick. The amount of time that you had to put that together and the work that you guys put in weekly, sometimes twice a week, and toward the end, you guys were practicing so much. You did a phenomenal job. Your stories were well-picked, knowing that your process, and I can't give it away because there might be some of that, picked up off the the cutting room floor and added in. Mm -hmm. So, um I think it was a phenomenal job. The way that you guys tell the stories are great. Jeff couldn't have picked a better cast for that show.
0: And, and as he wrote on on Facebook the other day, you know, we're the four guys that he wanted to have yes. do the show, and we were honored that he felt that way and that he had us be part of his uh, part of his vision, and that everything worked out, that we didn't screw it up too much. But and now that rehearsal was at Slater Mill. And not to step all over Jeff's own personal ghost story, Mm -hmm. but he saw something the other night while we were at Slater Mill, which is not a story that, you know, that's not an experience he has very often.
1: No, it was funny to watch.
0: He actually saw a man that, like, appeared in the corner of the room and then disappeared again. Which, and you know, Jeff, he never says that kind of stuff, so... Yeah, he's pretty skeptical. Yeah, but uh, that was at Slater Mill, and we just announced... This week, that we'll have another Legend Trips event at Slater Mill on August 1st. Because, you know, yes. a, as we've been rehearsing the show there for the last couple of months, all kinds of activities has been happening. Mm-hmm. I saw something. Jeff saw something. Uh, there was a night that we were supposed to be there that we ended up skipping and going to the next night because Jeff was working on another project. And the night that we were supposed to be there, the woman that runs the, the Weaver's Guild encountered a, a ghost in the hallway, in the staircase. So... Because it's been so active lately, we said, well, let's get back in here and book another event. So August 1st, we will be at Slater Mill. Uh, tickets are on sale at legendtrips.com. So we have two events up for sale. We have Ventford Hall, which is June 13th, out in Lenox, Mass. And we have Slater Mill in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, on August 1st. So there's a chance to get out to a couple great events this summer and, and have some fun with us on a, on a nice, warm summer evening.
1: It's nice when it's warm out, too, especially because Slater Mill's outside... Mostly like walking from yep. place to mm-hmm. place. And um, those summer nights are the perfect time for it.
0: So I'm looking forward to it. We've also got some stuff planned for the fall as well. Hopefully that will all come, uh, fall into line pretty quickly and we can start making announcements on those. Let's but... see what you did there. What, fall into place? Fall into line in yes. the fall. Yeah, I didn't even realize that I did. See, I'm so good, I don't even know. Uh, but uh, we will uh, we'll definitely have more info for, on that if you're coming up. But uh, get to legendtrips.com now. Sign up for the email list. Even if you don't buy any tickets, just sign up for the email list. That'll give you first crack at any events uh, when we go on sale with our pre sales that we do for past attendees. Uh, but really, you want to make sure that you grab tickets up to those events now while you can. Because. Once, uh, once they're gone, they're gone. There's nothing we can do about that.
1: No, there's no opening any new tickets or anything like that. Sold out, it's done.
0: And there's just a limited number. You know, we make that agreement, so get them now, legendtrips.com. All right, we're going to take a break for the news. When we come back on the other side, we'll be joined by our guest, G.L. Davies, to talk ghost sex on Spooky South Coast. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with Stephanie Burke, the silent assassin Matt Costa, and science advisor Matt Moniz. And wouldn't you know it, we try to make a connection with our guest via Skype uh, from the UK, and it's not working. Well, the Skype is working. I just think that he's not on. It's like 6 a.m. where he lives. Oh, sorry. Does want... It
1: helps when you put on my microphone.
0: Yes, it does. Um, since we are on live radio and all. Oh, oh you won't play that game. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> helps if you talk a little louder and I don't have to put it all the way up. How about that?
1: I'll work on it, okay? All right.
0: Sounds sounds good. I only
1: talk loud when I'm mad. Um, And that's never often. Um, Maybe I should probably mention it's mercury retrograde.
0: Well, see, that would be one thing if, like, the Internet was failing. Now that I said that. (laughs) But I think the issue is more that uh, he's just not awake yet.
1: But it's a communication issue. Mercury. No, Mercury is the planet of communication. When Mercury is in retrograde, it appears as though Mercury is spinning backwards, which means that it's backwards communication. Yes, like all different devices and electronics and stuff shut down, but the biggest problem with Mercury retrograde is a problem with connection, in communication connection between people and everything else.
2: I was going to say. Between people, not necessarily just the electronics? no, nope.
1: nope. between people first and foremost. So you'll find a lot of people will say during Mercury retrograde, like, oh, man, what is it? Is it a full moon today? Like, what's wrong with people?
2: So it's a general disconnect.
1: Yep. Well, it's, it's actually supposed to be a positive thing. That like Mercury is spinning backwards supposedly. Um,
0: mercury is my enemy. Yes, it's pretty much how most it's people. Working
1: because what happens is we're busy, 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 go, go, go. That's how society works. Mercury slows it down and makes it come to a stop. So that way we sit, we reflect, we build better and positively, and take a step back and kind of look at what we're doing, and we can go forward and move better and do things better and more efficiently. But everybody sees it as a negative because it's stopping us in our everyday tracks.
0: Well, I'll I'll say this. If we can't connect with our guest, GL Davies, tonight, we we can probably push this off till next week. Right. So we will be able to to connect with him at some point. Uh, I did put the call out to him. I sent him an email and a Facebook message basically saying, you know, I've turned up the, the sound here on the Internet computer. Right. So if you get this message, just try and connect with us directly. And we'll put it up. So you may hear some Skype sounds while we're talking. Apologize for that <laughs> if it happens. But, you know, this way here at least we'll be able to get him if he contacts us. Otherwise, we'll push it off until next week or whenever he's available. But people are excited to talk about this topic. So is I do interesting. I, I have no problem with opening up the phone lines and seeing if anybody wants to share a story with us. Now, it's got to be fit for radio. You You have to keep it. Within the... PG-13. Right. We have to, you know, it, it, it's, it's 11, it's eleven eighteen at night here on a Saturday. That's It's okay to get a little racy, but we have to kind of obey but not broadcast like, laws. Not
1: like Fifty Shades of Grey. We could probably, we could get a little... Bull bull. I've never Tell read it, so I'm just making things up.
0: We need a, prud- <laughs> we need a Prud-O-Meter. Okay. You know, so uh, things be like, well, 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 well that's too much. Uh, so if anybody has had ghost sex... If anybody feels like they have I been can't believe you're saying that if, right now. if if they have had a a phantom come to them in the night and there's been some sort of an intimate interaction, give us a call and share the story five oh eight nine nine six zero five hundred eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty if you're not comfortable sharing the story uh, over the phone, you can tweet us at spooky s c or just tweet us using the hashtag spooky live. Or you can email us, spookycrew at com. Any one of those ways would work. But I'd I'd just be interested in in finding out. Because this is what I was discussing with a number of people. A number of paranormal researchers today were emailing me and saying, you guys are going to be talking about ghost sex on the show. And... Some people take it seriously. Some people say this is a very legitimate phenomena. Uh, Incubus, succubus, that goes back hundreds, if
2: not thousands of years. But
0: that's different. And that's kind of the discussion that we were having. Because with incubus and succubus, you're talking about some sort of negative exterior force. So you're talking about the word that people use most often to describe those is demon.
2: Why can't it be somebody, I mean... Sexual predators are... Sexual predators, whether they're living see, or dead.
0: There's, there's what I was thinking, too, when the topic comes up. I'm thinking the same thing you are. I'm thinking unwanted, forceful intercourse with something that you can't see. But not all ghost sex is non-consensual. Not all ghost sex is a violent attack. That's what I found to be the most interesting. There are some people, and G.L. Davies writes about it in his book... Uh, the book is called "Go Sex the Violation," which the case that he focuses on mainly in that book is an, indeed a violation i mean it 's a very um intrusive, unwanted. Situation for the woman who uh, is the victim, but in the same book he does have some stories about other people that they have shared uh, their own experiences through his website the paranormal chronicles and for example there 's one woman who is at the time of the the writing eighty seven years old and says that her husband, who died years before still comes to her at night and they still make love and it 's wonderful and it 's like he is as young as he was. You know, when they were first in love, but he she's 87 years old, but it doesn't matter. He still wants her and desires her, and they have a great time together. So it's not for, you know, for, it's not a negative experience for everybody that, that does experience it, which goes against what I would have thought. Well,
2: in cases like you just cited, that would make sense. But when you have stranger encounters, you know, with somebody unknown to you or what have you, yeah, I... I, I these stories do go back, and it's not just an in incubus and succubus. The, there's literature that has these stories that go back hundreds of years. I mean, how different is it really from, say, alien abduction?
0: Well, and that's one of the things that has come up in the conversations I've had with people today, is, is it alien interaction? Is it something extraterrestrial that's being in the either in the guise of, of a ghost or that, you know, people's mind are explaining it away as that.
2: Uh, dealing with this in abduction cases, there have been a few that I've known that they've labeled it as a past loved one that, that they've encountered or or they, they put it in a spiritual uh, framing, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what their mind can accept and that's what their belief systems allow.
0: Well, I think the, the first part of what you said is probably more key from somebody like myself I would be terrified if an alien came to the night, what their mind can accept. So it, it's it, because it's a traumatic experience, they put that on it to try to make it more palatable. You know, to say, okay, well, this I don't want to believe that there's an alien in my room right now and doing whatever, so I'm going to just pretend it's the ghost of my dead lover. Yeah. But... Stephanie, you have a direct line uh-huh. to those on the other side. You're able to communicate with people on the other side, being a, a psychic and a medium. Right. Do you, is that part of the makeup of those that are that are that have moved on to the spirit world? Do they desire to come back and have that physical contact with the living?
1: I have never come across that. Um, I've come across, you know, if somebody loses their husband or something like that, they'll make comments about, um, how good they look or, um, I mean, obviously like we, we crave that physical contact because we're still here. They don't, um, the, I mean, they, they're very aware of things, even people that are remarried and things like that. They'll, they'll be happy for them. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't know unless I'm there, but I've never come across that I've come across what I've just described, but that's as far as it goes.
0: I would think that that connection that and this is just my own guess, but that that need for a physical physical connection would come more from the living than from the deceased. You know it would be something that the the living person would desire to still have happen you know i miss I miss their touch. Yes. I miss having them laying next to me in bed. You know, I miss being could, able then. to to snuggle up with them and, and and I think that that's probably more the situation. but what happens when it isn't a nice situation when it is something that's violent or it is something that is intrusive You, you want to think that they you know it, it's not something that a living person is conjuring up on their own.
2: I mean, we've all here seen the movie The Entity and are familiar with that case, right?
0: Well, I don't think Stephanie has because she doesn't watch horror movies. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> but, uh, but, yes, I know. In, uh, in, in, and that uh, was studied by the Ryan Institute. Right, well, Dr. Barry Taff uh, was one of the parapsychologists that was intensely involved in that case. And, you know, they even recreated yeah, the, the woman's room. home yeah. and uh, in a controlled environment. And still these attacks happen. But... The the way all right, there's something that that uh, that G. L. Davies writes about in the book called sexomnia, which is you know where you are engaging in sexual activity while you're still asleep,
1: which is a real thing.
0: And it doesn't have to be, you know, sex with a partner. Right. So could it be that you know, let's just say somebody is is super religious, and they feel like self pleasure is wrong, then maybe they're you know they're they're in that state because they're sexually charged and worked up and they need to release that tension and they need to explain it away so as to not feel bad about going against what they think god or whoever they worship wants them to do and, and and to live in
2: back around to the incubus succubus again right that's one of the things that the church tried to um and, legitimacy,
0: too. Well, that's what I always assumed that the incubus and succubus stories came from. I didn't think there was literally a demon that was going around impregnating right. people. I thought it was a way to explain when all of a sudden, well, wait a minute, you're an unmarried woman. How can you be pregnant? Mm-hmm. You know. So I thought that these stories were kind of created because, well, what are you going to say? It's an immaculate conception? You know how they feel about that. It could only be one of those, right? So you've got to come up with another story. So I always thought that was kind of what that was geared toward, was explaining that away. You know, as a way to say, well, no, no, no. See, I'm still chaste. I'm still, you know, I'm still pure, pure and, and worthy in the eyes of God. I was actually the victim here. Which I, I always figured explain the the the, the succubus, uh, the incubus. But how did you really need an explanation for the succubus? I mean, I could just picture puritans going around high fiving each other. Oh my you know, God. like, like <laughs> all right, way to go. But I don't know. I've always said, uh, you know, I wouldn't. And I don't like demons, but. I could probably handle a succubus. I don't think i complain too much about that. Then I read the story that's in the book.
1: And now you'd complain? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Well,
0: that's good. I'll just use uh, the one word that was in the description, sandpaper. Okay? Oh, just, just think about that. Yeah. And then you can see well, why it wouldn't be such I a... I don't
1: have your parts, so I don't have any worries.
0: Well, no, you have to have more and I, worries.
1: I can't picture what that would be like from your point of view.
2: Excruciating comes to mind.
1: I'm sure, but like I said, I can't picture what that would be like. So,
0: I'm trying to think of a way to put it. I was
1: going to say you're pondering right now; the wheels are turning.
0: Well, this would it's be okay. This you would don't be have a, to
1: describe it. I this would just be a imagine. much
0: easier conversation if this was a backyard podcast. Um, so let's, <laughs> let's put this down on the agenda for <laughs> topics to cover in the next backyard podcast. Uh, well, not only because we won't be broadcasting over the radio, but also because we'll we'll have the uh, the benefit of adult beverages with us as well which is how we usually do backyard podcast episodes but the uh, i can describe <laughs> it for you probably off air
1: all right sounds good all right well science lesson
0: afterwards <laughs> again uh, <laughs> if anybody wants to call in and share such a story 508-996-0500 877-996-1420 i did get a story earlier today and i feel as though i can share this because It was, the way that it was presented was on my Facebook. So it was public (coughs) for everybody to see. Okay. So I don't think that it's... uh,
1: I'm sure if it was public, the person's not caring too much
0: about... um, Privacy. Yeah. But I'm still not going to give her a name. Did they share it or did somebody else share it? No, no, no. She wrote it. She wrote a first-person account. Okay, then she made it public. And I will give it to you, but I will do so... Uh, in a way... Anonymous type of. So let me, uh, let me get it for you here. All right. This happened last night. Now, I put up earlier on my Facebook and Twitter, you know, has anybody ever had sex with a ghost? Yeah. In advance of tonight's discussion. And she said, no, but last night while watching TV, hanging out on her bed, she was being kissed on her neck by something ever so sweetly, but it wasn't her husband. She says, first I felt something touching my feet, Then it moved up to my mid torso, and then the gentle kissing on my neck. Nothing was in her room or bed. She's always had plenty of unseen activity around her house uh, and around her all of her life, uh, and had been touched numerous times before, but nothing of that nature before. She felt such an intense static charge feeling the whole time, while the air around her went ice cold. But some, but just around her. She had total goosebumps all over and could hear something or someone breathing quietly in her right ear. Uh, She said, you know, she's asking people not to make fun of her, that she's dead serious. She was paralyzed and couldn't stop that paralyzed feeling at all for a few minutes. She was wide awake, absolutely not dreaming. It was at 7 p.m. on a Friday, and that's nowhere near her bedtime. But she got it to stop by basically screaming and and telling it to, to cut it out, and then it stopped on a dime. So she wants to know if anybody has ever had a similar experience like that, if it's ever been that somebody's been sitting there and then all of a sudden this loving embrace comes forward. And I think that there's probably you know a lot of cases like that that people just don't realize. You know, they feel like it's a little tickle here, maybe a bug or something, and it could be something as you know something like this.
2: Well, I've been you know touched gently on like shoulders and you know the back of my neck and stuff like that i've also been forcibly grabbed and pushed and shoved and hit and be, you know but hey
0: what, what you do in the bedroom <laughs> is your business It's
2: true oh you mean by a ghost yes Okay. Uh, but yeah not all interactions are you know violent they, sometimes you know. They, they try to be i guess caring or gentle
0: so. it, yeah i mean uh, for her to say the two that this is you know She's had other activity, but nothing like this before. Uh, It seems kind of weird that out of nowhere this would happen. But she does have a a point here when she says that she had a paralyzed feeling. Mm -hmm. And in talking with another researcher today, this person has read up on some of these encounters, and she said that this is actually, you know, these feelings are often very much associated with sleep paralysis. That because you are in such a helpless state, well, what is what What's the most terrifying thing that could happen to you when you can't move? Yeah. Being sexually assaulted. So you're already paralyzed. Your mind starts to go into a worst-case scenario where, oh, my God, I can't move. What if something right now is trying to do something to me in, in the manner that I wouldn't want? And so then that's where your mind begins to go, is your mind is becoming more and more terrified with the situation. Well, I don't
2: think that sleep paralysis covers that because sleep paralysis is a, a state of coming out of various levels of sleep you know from your alpha all the way down what you're but dealing the
0: paralysis with, part is only the, physical
2: the, the the paralysis part is just your your hindbrain preventing you from f- flailing out and falling out of the trees what it's but your to. mind is still active right what, you're, what this person is describing is sounds more like being frozen in fear which is
0: oh, in terms of her, yes, yeah. in terms of her. But I'm talking about those who are yeah. I've read those studies too. Is what you're talking in about in the state of sleep paralysis, no. like legitimately coming out of sleep. or
1: sleepwalking, which is like you're you're awake, you can think or you can't think. It's it's weird. I, you're
0: I, driving on your
2: subconscious, not your conscious. Right. So yeah.
1: it. I mean, I've I've heard things like that, but I mean, like, what I, I think is doing yeah. it, I don't believe is a past loved one.
0: Fair enough. I understand what you mean. Well, like when, I, when I would be coming out of sleep paralysis, you know, my thought was that somebody was in the house and I couldn't get up to do anything about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So like, as soon as I'm coming out of that state and I can't move, my first thought isn't, oh, my God, I can't move. It's there's something in the house. So maybe somebody else is coming out of that same state and their first thought is, oh, my God, I can feel something on top of me or I can feel somebody doing something to me that, uh, I, that I don't want.
1: But, I mean, at the same time, that wouldn't be my thought. Like, my thought would go to my biggest fear. So is that someone else's biggest fear because they've had a past real-life situation like that? That could be another factor.
2: Okay. Let's throw this into the mix. Women would have a different set of fears than men. Not necessarily.
1: It depends on what's happened to you.
2: Uh, In general. Mm -hmm. uh, a, A woman's fear is generally different than a man's fear. Um well, fear is fear, but, mm-hmm. but the scenarios that they would run through their heads would be different. But yet, yeah, you're both par- paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is indicating that it's something physical first. You know, your brain is physically disconnecting you from your your right. body. All right. Now, what would you fear? And diverse is what would you fear?
0: Well
1: I literally would fear the exact same thing that Tim just said.
0: But somebody's in the house because
1: of past things that have happened.
2: Okay, so you're basing so your
1: I'm I'm basing off of like typical textbook psychology. Okay. Like I was a psych major. So what you think about, what your mind goes to is past like traumatic situations that you've been through. So what I'm saying is if someone's been in that real-life situation in the past. It
2: goes to the known I, first. Exactly,
1: because that's their biggest fear. Like my biggest fear is somebody breaking into my house. Now yep. I have a baby to worry about. So that's where I would go, the exact same place that Tim would.
0: But it doesn't have to necessarily be based on an experience.
1: But it could. Because I think, I, think, first. I mean,
0: even a woman, and, and, and not to generalize, but even a woman who <laughs> has never been raped, would still feel, would still fear walking alone, down a dark hallway, down right. a dark alleyway, and encountering a couple of guys standing if you're there.
1: Your own, in your own bed, in your own home, that wouldn't be your first fear. Well. Especially with other people in the house. Like this woman in particular said that her husband was home. Mm-hmm.
0: And the woman that's covered in the book, her her son. Is in the house mm-hmm. with her at the same time. And then, and later, actually, in the book, and, and I, I can't wait till we can actually get GL Davies on to talk about it because later on in the book, in, later on in her experiences, she actually has a boyfriend who's there in the bed with her as this is happening. Okay. Which I think is a, a pretty interesting, because, you know, this is now it's not just happening to somebody, but somebody else is there watching it occur. Right. Like in the entity case, that woman was single. Well, when it first started yeah, happening yeah. and then it wasn't until she was able to get in front of the researchers and have it happen in front of them that she was like okay I feel better now because somebody, somebody weighs, knows and somebody yeah. and, and it's real it's not just in my own mind I think that was that's as much as it terrifies me to like wake up and I don't wake up and think anybody's in the house anymore I haven't had that for a long time mm-hmm. but as much as that used to terrify me it would probably be even scarier if I was convinced somebody was in the house, but nobody else could ever verify that, you know. Right.
2: That well, would, l- I was going to say, let me ask you this. You were terrified <laughs> that somebody's in the house. What did you fear they were going to do?
0: It, in Through the experience, throughout what would happen, it was basically like any, almost like any horror story you hear about. You know, somebody that would be chasing you or breaking in. And, you know, you can feel them getting closer and closer and closer. And, and that would be what I would be going through in my mind as it happens. I would be laying in my bed. I'd be unable to move. I would hear it kind of, you know, in the far off distance of the house and hear it getting closer and closer, footsteps. And where it happened the most, uh, the house that I lived in, where it happened more often than not, I lived in uh, a sun porch area. So I had, like, my own room, but it was a sun porch with its own door that used to be an inside-outside door. So while laying there at night, while lying there, I would have this happen to me, and I would hear this coming through the house. To to
2: head out the door?
0: It would get to the door, and then I would hear the door rattle. Like it was about to open? Because, you know, like how sometimes you have a door handle that's on an old house, and it's not... You know, it's hanging a little bit, and you've got to rattle it, and you've got to find the right spot to be able to push it. And that's what I would hear. And as I'm telling the story, I just realized that the house is probably freaking haunted, and I didn't even, mm-hmm. that didn't even enter into my mind. <laughs> 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 all this time, it's probably all that it was. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's what I used to experience. So it was, it, it, to me, it was an was entire it, scenario.
2: Was it regular in terms of when it would happen to the course of the I, night? I don't, I don't recall. You don't remember the time? Or, no, I don't remember. What about times of year?
0: Nope, it was every night, any any time that I woke up in the middle of the night. And I used to sleep with the television on. And I remember distinctly one night knowing that I went to sleep with the television on. And
2: the television was off.
0: And it was off. Probably something as simple as my parents went to bed after I'd already fallen asleep, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, he left his TV on. But I just know that it was off the next day. And I didn't mention it to anybody because I was too afraid
1: it sounds like it could have been a haunting
0: it, in more, the more that I think about it that's probably all that it was that because this was an old house and
1: yep, I used to lay in bed and I mean especially when I was home by myself but I would hear somebody walk through the downstairs and walk all the way up the stairs and I would be like in my bed terrified sitting in the corner up against the wall and the footsteps would always stop right before my door and I, I lived in a very haunted house.
0: I mean, I guess sometimes uh, you're you're so involved in the situation, mm-hmm. especially then. I mean, I was reading about hauntings and everything, and I had an interest in it, but I, I hadn't really gone into the scientific or the psychological aspects of it. Right. Uh, to me, it was still just folklore then. But I bet you that's probably all that it was. But you're
2: all... You're familiar with the old hag syndrome, too
0: well, yeah, that I experienced when I was younger, but that i've I've always felt was that's psychological, you know more more than anything, I think that that's psychological. I remember when I was a baby, this is turning into a backyard podcast which share right. of personal experiences, but I remember when I was a baby, well, young, probably like three, four, five years old. I used to sleep over at my grandmother's house, and I remember laying in the bed. Uh, or I, I had, must have been a small crib or a, It must have been a crib. I must have been young. And I'm, I'm laying in this crib in her room because there was no room for a bed. I must have been in a crib. And I remember seeing hands appearing on the wall, like shadows of hands appearing on the wall and, like, reaching down toward me. Now, if it's the shadow of a tree on the wall or anything, it's probably going to, yeah. you know, go like this. As a, it's going to, like, flutter around a little bit, but it's not going to, like, reach down toward me. And follow me as I tried to roll away from it. Right. But how much of that was just my own mind just in fear imagining that scenario being worse than it was?
1: But you were also that young. Would your mind have anything already planted in it that would
0: make you think that? Well, sure. I think you inherently have a uh, natural fear of being chased. I mean, I think we naturally have a survival instinct against being chased by something stronger or scarier than we are. And so even being that young, if something's chasing you, your instinct is to get away from it. Fight and or, and or flight that is... It's bad. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's It's going to be naturally instilled in you. Uh, but in terms of like thinking that it was like a witch or something like that coming after me, no, mm-hmm. probably not at that age. But uh, enough that... I mean, I remember I used to wake up, I used to always have nightmares, and my nightmares were always about something either chasing me or something being in my room. Mm-hmm. Always, don't say anything. I'm not <laughs> say a word. <laughs> but that's what I always uh, used to used to be the most afraid of. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they'd be stupid. I mean, even if if I told you some of the dreams that I had when I was a kid, now you would laugh because they were just ridiculous. The things that would pop into there, but it all boiled down to the same fear. Nice. And uh, and I think that that kind of played into A lot of the problems that I had later on with waking up and thinking something was in the house or someone. Yeah. Because I always thought someone. I never thought anything more than that. Yeah. I always thought it was like a break-in, which I always wondered, by the way, as I'm laying there paralyzed in fear, Mm -hmm. how a burglar could continue to be walking around in my house when only you have to look around for a few minutes and realize, wait a minute, I broke into the wrong house. These people are freaking poor. (laughs) I should have gone further down the street. These people don't have anything. And i like, I don't know, what do they got a VCR?
2: They got a kid sleeping out on the sun porch for God's sake. Right, Doesn't yeah, exactly. even have his own
0: room. Right, well, that was my own choice. I thought I was yeah. the cool guy going to have my own room. Little did I know I was going to be terrified every night mm-hmm. when I woke up. Um, sometimes ideas are way better in the daytime than <laughs> they are at night. Yes. That's very true. As, as we've learned uh, through through many of the Legend Trips events that we've gone to, oh, this place would be great. This place would be awesome. And then you get there at night, you're like, this place is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And not just because of the ghosts and all that stuff, but I'm worried about people's safety here.
1: Yeah, it's just the environment.
0: Now, getting
2: back to the topic of having the other side physically make contact with you, I've been with you on several investigations and I've seen you have had physical contact from whatever you want to Let's call Let's just it.
0: clarify for the listeners not the, the rapey kind. No,
2: the, I've seen you get pushed and bitten, shoved and slapped and well deserved yeah on quite a few occasions yeah <laughs> you asked for it and you got it. But a good example of something benign your The leg lifts, when when those happened at Lizzie's, mm-hmm. I watched that happen. That wasn't anything malevolent or anything. It, it was curious. How did you feel when you were being touched like that versus obviously being shoved up against the wall? It's a whole nother feeling. But.
0: Well, I think the difference, first of all, the difference is the duration. I mean, when that leg lift is happening, it's a slow process, and you have time to really process what's happening and wrap your head around it. Being shoved and pushed happens so quickly. I'm I'm more
2: looking (laughs) for your emotional state.
0: Well, I I don't know, because I don't think that I was really having an emotional reaction to that. I had an emotional reaction to the handshake at the Houghton Mansion. That gave me an emotional reaction that I couldn't really put into words. Uh, I just remember having a feeling of... Like when you meet somebody... And you realize like, whoa, this is like, this is, sometimes you meet people and they're just like characters in your own life. You know, they're characters in the story of you that are just kind of passing. And every once in a while you meet somebody and the first time you meet them you say, wow, this is somebody that is going to have an impact on my life. Sometimes you just get that feeling. And that's kind of the way that I had when that happened. Like, this is not just a moment that is going to be written about in my next book as something that happened or a, 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 an incident that I'm to blog life about. Moment. This is, yeah, this is something that's going to mean more to me than I could ever tell to anybody else. And that was kind of the feeling with that. But in terms of the, the leg lift or being pushed, it was more just the curiosity factor of what is this uh, more than anything. But the push, the, you know, the, the, the stuff like that, that happens so quickly that you don't really have time to process it. And that works on both counts because you can't process it to say, what exactly is happening to me? How is this happening? Who could this be? The other side of that, too, is while you're lying there on the bed and your legs are being lifted up, you have a long time to think about, am I doing this myself? Is this something that I'm doing in the back of my mind? What's going to happen right now if I'm trying to put my legs down? You know, you can kind of work through it yourself and make sure that you know that it's not you or at least have the doubts that maybe it is you and you have the time to to expand upon that when you get pushed it's just boom and then well wait what was that
2: well like i said i saw your legs being lifted you didn't feel anything threatening in that
0: no no certainly not
2: threatening and when I say you get shoved up against the wall, you were thrown with some force,
0: right? But I would have just come. I would have had no problem coming back swinging. If yeah, I, well, yeah, swinging
2: at the air doesn't help.
0: Right, but I, <laughs> I mean, I would have had no problem like getting into it with whatever was there, if it hadn't been for the fact that it was more of a whoa moment for yeah. me and for everybody else. But um, I mean, if I'm being completely honest with you, and you ask me, were you thrown up against the wall by a ghost? Ninety-five percent sure that I was. Five percent still wondering if I thought that I should have been pushed against the wall by a ghost.
2: I can definitely verify that you were taken off your balance and feet but by did, something.
0: But did my subconscious push me back? That's you know that's just as much like you know, I'm fighting it. It's going to push me back. I'm just going to go. You know, not that I meant to do it, but is that possible? Is it possible that I just was? Making that encounter happen to me, but that's that's a discussion for a whole. Well, actually, no, it's not really no, a discussion for a whole other time because, because how,
2: uh, it's the same thing uh, being pushed in one way or pushed in another. Right. Being
0: still isn't some sort of a physical just, stimulus, right? I don't know. It's 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 hard to accept for some people that there isn't an outside force causing this. It's hard for some people to accept that. It is something that they are imagining, or something that they they want to happen. You know, I was kidding with one of my friends. One of my friends was like, "Well, how do you, how can you make this ghost sex happen?" Because I'm kind of lonely, and I think that that might be the way that a lot of people view things. You know, a lot of people that are into this topic, a lot of, and, th- and this is where it really worries me is the psychology of the people that are involved with some of these attacks. Because everybody that's has a paranormal experience, a legitimate feel like they had a legitimate paranormal experience, it has an effect on them. It, has, uh, it changes kind of the way they think about things. And some people want that change so badly that you know it. You've investigated it, Stephanie. You've had people come to you and ask you to help them make connections right. where it's just it's their own desire, their own imagination. Mm-hmm. Nothing is happening. There's nothing going on in their house. There's nobody around trying to contact them. But they want it. They want it so bad. They right. want to be special. Start-
1: feeling like they are experiencing it but they're not the same thing happens in real life and we call it i mean there's syndromes and everything else like you you want to be sick so badly so you make yourself sick you know what i mean and, and things like that
0: this can be something even more benign than that right this can be more along the lines of you're sitting in the mall food court and you think that that person's looking at you yes you know they're not really looking at you but you feel you like they must yourself. be yourself there's right. there's 500 people around but they're looking directly at you right you know, whether that's good that you want them to look or bad because you're like, "Who is this creep looking at me?" Right. So, and I think some people they want to have that experience so bad. I think other people, it's not enough for them to just have that experience because and then they start pushing it on other people, type mm-hmm. of thing. Like- no, no, no. They start because so many people are are free to talk about having paranormal experiences now that you're no longer special if you've been touched by a ghost, yeah. but you're special if you've been touched by a ghost you get what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. because other people have had well you know yeah yeah like all right you said you've been touched by a ghost you said you've been touched by something you could see i've been touched by something i couldn't see Mm -hmm. so well if somebody wants to be special and wants to be better than us and wants the attention well you got touched i got raped you know, And that's, I think, where okay, some of these attacks yes. might come into. We've in been to.
1: to events or we've met people or we've had emails from people. It's, you know, oh, I've, I've had a paranormal experience or, oh, I've been touched by a ghost. And then you get into the, well, I've been scratched and mm-hmm. I've been possessed. And it's always one level up. Like, they have to be different. And it's almost
0: one every, chip.
1: every yeah. single time they go out.
0: And I'm not... Making that assumption uh, with people saying that it's based on 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 deceiving people—they're right. not—they're not consciously trying no, to deceive people. It, they, think. they do believe it. Yep, and it's just it's it's their own mistake or their own desire to right. just um, to just have that happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's hard because you, when you hear somebody have an experience, you want you want it to be true. You want them to ha- right. go through the same thing that we've gone through. And 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 see that this stuff is real, but then at the same time you also want to make sure, and you almost have a responsibility mm-hmm. as somebody who has gone through it and processed it yourself to make sure that you're not feeding into something that isn't true.
2: Right. It almost becomes uh, some well, when by proxy. You know what that is?
0: Yes, yeah. and and I think that that is certainly uh, what a lot of people experience mm-hmm. now.
2: It's a touchy subject. Assignment. It is.
0: Well, but also, I mean, it's th- there's people who create these scenarios about living people, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's people who, uh, you know, how many times have you heard somebody uh, that is delusional and thinks that they're having a, a, a physical relationship with a celebrity that they see on television?
1: Oh, yeah. How many celebrities get sued daily? Because- how many celebrities
0: have gotten stabbed? Yes. By crazy fans that think things, you know. And or killed. <laughs> I'm your number one fan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and they perceive that. I mean, I see it, not that it makes... Good example, David Letterman. Huh,
2: that woman broke into his house, what, three times? Right. She practically, by the end of it, you know, she practically
0: had her own bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, sorry, I'm going to knock over everything to do with your phone. <laughs> the... uh where was I going with that? Oh, you know, I see it all the time, like, on, on social media, the people who are, like, convinced that they are in a relationship with a paranormal investigator that they see on TV. Mm-hmm. There are people that are convinced are in
2: relationships with um, movie stars, like mm-hmm. you said, and sports figures and stuff like that. It's just they're visible. That's what makes it.
1: The really interesting ones are when, like, people file, like, paternity suits for, like, celebrities.
2: They've never met? Billy me. yeah, Jean, Jean is not my, yeah. not my child. It's just... Based on a real real thing.
1: It's gotten crazier since that song came out. But it's, it, like, absolutely insane. I don't know how in good conscience you can walk up to a courthouse and do that. Like, you, you're you literally insane at that point.
0: It, well, in some cases, you're literally insane. In some cases, it's like, this is my chance. If I,
1: it's weird. Maybe
0: this person will show up in the courtroom, and I'll be in the same room it's as them. It's weird. It is.
1: It's not okay, and it's not normal.
0: I don't know if it's. um
1: I'm not sure how we got down this rabbit hole.
0: Yeah, but I don't know if it's. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's healthy to. It's not. <laughs> Did not even finish what I was saying? You don't have to. It's not. I, oh yeah, right. <laughs> But I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's healthy for people to uh, have a consensual relationship with a spirit. It's I don't.
1: Not.
0: I don't know if if it's. I know I don't have to finish the thought for you, but I had to finish it for the audience. Sorry. I don't know if we should encourage that, but. Maybe you are somebody that has had that go on, and you're listening to the show on the podcast. Again, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear of your experiences. You can email us, SpookyCrew, at com. And as I said, we'll we'll book GL Davies sometime in the future and, and cover this further, because I want to talk to... And there's another researcher as well uh, uh, that I got the name of earlier, and let me just see if I can uh, pull it up. Some of the people that I was talking to, I was... Nope, can't find I'll get it. But, you know, uh, Paranormal Anna, who we had on the show yes. uh, a few months ago, she gave me the name of somebody else that I think we could also kind could. of involve in the discussion. So, Well, that's kind of what I did, is I reached out to the people that I know would be skeptical of these type of stories.
1: Which is a good approach, I think.
0: And I think that I was surprised by how many people were more... Open to it? Not open, more sympathetic toward it. Okay. You know, like, you know, I feel bad for the people that are in that position, whether they are being accosted by something or whether it's in their head.
2: Well, in certain uh, cultures over in, like, Africa, and certain tribes, this is something that regularly occurs. Their loved ones come back to them and, you know, they continue on with their relationships, and they consider that normal we 're looking at no, it
1: not in
0: Africa
2: uh, no but i 'm saying we 're looking at it from our vantage point,
0: right, which is still based in even if you 're not christian, you know the the Western idea of things is still based in Christianity mm-hmm. and it 's still based in what we 're told is is right and wrong and and you know look at spiritualism, spiritualism, and the spiritualist church, they believe that our loved ones are around us all the time, right, so if they 're here with us, and things haven 't really changed except for the fact that they 're no longer in their physical body then why isn't it normal to have that type of relationship with them? But then, you know, leads to the question of, well, then do you have to be faithful? Does your does your ghost spirit, like, you know, like, you know Marilyn Monroe's ghost wants to come in my house tonight. That's fine. I think even my wife would be all right with that. We have about two minutes and we have a call coming in, so why don't we... Take this call as quickly as we can, just in the final few moments of the program. Uh, good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. How are you?
2: Yeah, I just figured I'd check in before you guys close out. Do you think there's any connection between the Nephilim and and you know, you know, people experiencing encounters and stuff like that?
0: Well, weren't the Nephilim? I mean, at least in terms of the well, they were uh, child of angels, right? And it, yeah. it was it was kind of with, to do with the Anunnaki and all of that stuff, and right. and. It, I don't know if that would be um, necessarily the same. But I think I always thought the angelic reports were similar to what I was talking about before, right? Where you're getting down and funky before you're married, and right. so you blame it on an angel because you know an angel's not wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder if
2: you, if you thought there would be any connection to that.
0: We've never done a whole show on the Nephilim. We probably should.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's a good uh, good subject. Call Scotty Roberts.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely.
2: It. That's it. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, thank checking you. Checking in for moral support. Appreciate it. Right, it. Thank you. Have a good night. You know. And we really should. I mean, there's a lot of topics that go down these paths that we really should. You know, obviously, throwing out on Twitter. Tonight we're going to talk about ghost sex. It gets people interested in the show, but it leads to a lot of other portions of the discussion that, that need to be explored.
2: Well, think about it. You're combining two of the most common topics death and sex. You know, people are always worried about both.
1: Mm, I think they were more interested in the sex part.
2: They're uh, also concerned, of, you know, am I going to live through this? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. But I think it was more of the sex part. Yeah, definitely
2: the yeah. sex, yeah.
1: If we just put, we're talking about ghost death tonight, nobody it, would have yeah. responded. No.
0: Well, I mean, just look at it like this. They they do, oh, that person. So there, they do refer to. uh that was close. They do refer refer to. Can I say orgasms on the air? I don't know. Is, I don't. Is, see
1: why
0: not? Dying, it's a a thousand, dying a thousand little deaths? Yeah. So <laughs> good evening. You're on Spooky Day. That's, That's you know strange. what you know who that is. That's the ghost that wants to have sex with me. Like <laughs> nobody there. Sorry. Call <laughs> in your head. You snorted <laughs> twice on the air. All uh, right. Uh, that's that's time for me to
1: go to
0: bed. About, uh, I think it's time for all of us to uh, go to bed. Maybe some of us will get lucky for the ghost in our sleep tonight. Uh, but again, if I you, don't want to be that person, if you do, uh, you can certainly share those experiences with us. Spooky crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. That's the way to get a hold of us throughout the course of the week. You can also follow us on Twitter at spooky sc. We all have our own individual uh, Twitter accounts as well. That you can find them on SpookySouthCoast.com. com. Uh, We'll be back next week to talk more about the world of the paranormal. And remember, come and join us on our Legend Trips events uh, June 13th at Ventford Hall in Lenox, Massachusetts, or Slater Mill in Pawtucket, Rhode Island on August 1st. Tickets for both events are on sale now on legendtrips.com. For $99, you get dinner. You get lectures, you get a historical tour, you get hours of guided investigation with some of the coolest paranormal gadgets, and all the money raised is, you know, it all goes to helping a great cause, keeping these historical haunted locations going. So that does it for this week's show. For Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular.